Would you like a little more foreplay in your life? I mean, specifically brain foreplay. Well then, tune in to the most dynamic host, Dr. Rick Perea, performance psychologist to professional athletes and the stars. No failure is final and no topic is off limits. It's time to get real and get your checkup from the neck up here at Brain Foreplay on Mental Monday. Good day, people. Welcome to Brain Foreplay, where you get your checkup from the neck up. I'm Dr. Rick Perea, PhD in psychology, and I come to you every week talking about topics that really stimulate the brain. As a performance psychologist, as a mentalist, look that word up, as a mentalist, my goal is to get you to think. Think. Because as Henry Ford once said, thinking is the hardest work there is, which is why so few people engage in it. And the reality is most of us don't like to think because it does take hard work. But today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to holler at you about a staggering statistic that we study in psychology. The average human being has 45,000 thoughts a day. Okay? 45,000 thoughts a day. And the majority of those are random. And up to 75% of those thoughts are self-doubt slash negative. Whoa. So if you do the math, now we're talking about out of 45,000 random thoughts, about 33,000 and change thoughts are self-doubt slash negative. So the reality is if we don't have a tool or tools in our toolbox to combat that message, our brain is going to be immersed in self-doubt and or negative thoughts. And unfortunately, people, the majority of people in the United States do not have access, either by choice or not, to mental health and do not seek it out. My assertion is that all of us need help, including me, including me. And every psychologist, therapist, psychotherapist, psychoanalyst, whatever you, title you want to give yourself, we all need help and that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. But when we have all these negative thoughts bombarding us and we don't have a tool, we don't have a mechanism to regulate that, many of us believe those thoughts. I have a saying that says thoughts are not facts. They're not facts, they're visitors. They're visitors, they come and they go. Some, for some people, those negative thoughts last and last and last. They don't know how to get rid of them. They don't know how to ask those visitors to go away and have the good visitors come in. And at the ultimate level of self-harm, we have an epidemic in our society, it's called suicide. 
And I did another podcast recently on suicide, talking about the different types, the different ways that people choose to take their life. But what I want to get across to you today in the next 15 or so minutes is this. You have thought about taking your own life. Yes, you. And if you say you haven't, you're lying. You are lying. We have all, including me, I have thought about that. When I was in my adolescence, when there were times in my 20s and 30s where there was a lot of things lining up in the wrong way, I thought about it. I, didn't, I, I wouldn't say I seriously considered it, but I thought about it. And you have too. And here's my point today, people. Every person in the United States has thought about and or considered suicide. And if you're not, if you say that you haven't, you're repressing your thoughts, feelings, and perceptions. Or repressing them. Because it's real, people. And my point today is not to just point out that you did and I did. The point is, how far does that progress to people who actually attempt it? Attempt to take their own lives? And how many adolescents today, today as we speak, are struggling with negative self-thoughts and negative self-talk? What's tragic to me, people, is we can remedy this. We can be more proactive instead of reactive. In our society, we've become reactive to suicide. We say, oh, man, it's too bad. Gosh, I had no idea. Well, you, you know what? Now you do have an idea. Because if you look to your neighbor to the right, look to your neighbor to the left, and there's someone at risk. After what we went through as a society with the pandemic, we saw that domestic violence went through the roof. We saw that robbery, violent crimes went through the roof. There are more people struggling today than we had three, four, or five years ago. We know that in mental health. I see it every day. My son's high school football coach told me, I see it every day at practice. I see kids that are struggling every single day. Teachers see it in their classrooms. I see it in the workplace. I feel it. I feel it. There's days where I'm like, what is going on? I feel like I'm in mud. I have it in four-wheel drive, but I'm not going anywhere. People, this is real. This is real. I have been touched directly by suicide in the last five years and most recently in the last month. One of my very best friends, a guy I played football with, his daughter took her own life. And guess what? She was successful. She was beautiful on the outside, beautiful on the inside. She was holding so many things up in her life. And you know what? That's what her note said. I'm tired of holding everything up. Whoa. Because you know what? A lot of times we think about suicide with people who are down and out, no hope. What about successful people? What about recently the news of uh, an executive with Bed Bath & Beyond who jumped off his Manhattan balcony? You know, there's, 
quote unquote, very successful people that take their life. Today alone in the United States, 135 people will die due to suicide. Today alone. Tomorrow, another 135. The next day. So we just keep going. What are we going to do? You know what we got to do? We have to normalize our discussion around suicide. You know, now if you bring up suicide, it's a little better than it was two years ago, but you hear people get quiet. I was in my office here last night for a planning session, and we talked about a topic to do today, because I've already done suicide, and I'm going to keep doing it. And I mentioned the word suicide, and I heard the room get quiet. And we're all mental health professionals. So it's getting quiet in our room. Imagine what it's like in rooms where people are not comfortable all the time talking about these topics. So I want to normalize talking about it. I don't want to normalize suicide. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to normalize the discussion around it so that an adolescent can say, Mom, I'm struggling. Dad, I'm struggling. Brother, sister, friends, I don't feel good, man. I'm having some really dark thoughts. And then us in the mental health profession, we have got to make it safe, safe for people to come in and talk to us and share with us. Because oftentimes those 33,000 thoughts that are random, we can replace them with purposeful thoughts. What we teach in mental health is scripts, prayer, chants, different modalities to shape your thoughts. Because my slogan is this, shape your thoughts or else your thoughts will shape you. And you can do that every morning, people. It takes three to five minutes. It's a technique called stress inoculation technique. And all you have to do is say very positive things. I love my life. I love my family. I love what it feels like to be a performance psychologist. Today will be an amazing day. Diaphragmatic breathing, visualize what I want to see for the day. People, there are techniques that are purposeful thoughts that will eradicate those 33,000 self-doubt negative thoughts. Everybody listening to this podcast today has considered suicide, has thought about it. You've also had negative thoughts. I have people come into my practice on a regular basis and say, Doc, Man, I'm having some dark thoughts. What's up? Because I'm not a dark person. People, welcome to being human. It happens. Now, if you shape your thoughts every day, and guess what? The brain, not the mind, the brain is this thing right here, this anatomy. The mind is the brain plus input. But the brain doesn't know the difference between a prayer and a chant. So if you're praying, more power to you, partner. If you're chanting, if you have a script, Fill that brain with positivity. And that's what your mental health expert can teach you. Because people, we have got to be proactive. We can't, we've got to stop being reactive. I've went to five funerals in the last calendar year. Five. Five celebrations of life. Of people that have taken their own life. And I was just listening to a song. And the words to this song, the ones that just rip me up inside, it literally says, if I would have known, if I would have known this is the last time I would ever see you, 
I would have made those moments last a little longer. What if I would have known? People, I'm not saying we can prevent every single suicide, but we can make a huge dent and raise awareness so that all of us in the mental health profession, all of us that are teachers, coaches, te preachers, ministers, rabbis, that were leaders of people to let people know it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help, to raise your hand. As some of you know, I've worked in the NFL for a number of years. You know, as a player, as a psychologist, we don't have permission to have mental issues. It's getting better, inch by inch. But if I walked into the training room and says, Coach, I'm struggling emotionally. What? Coach, my knee hurts. Jump up on the table. We're good with that. But we don't really know what to do with that emotionality. But people, it's got to be more normalized and we've got to have more discussions. Families, let me say something to you. Families, fathers, mothers, single mothers, single fathers, whoever's at the head of the household, make it normal to talk about emotions, how you feel. That's okay for boys. The way we socialize our boys in our society is a little different in general than we do females. A little boy falls off a trike. It's a father. We say, oh, you're okay. Dust it off. Rub some dirt on it. Let's go, son. A little girl falls off. Come here, honey. It's okay. We encourage emotionality from the female. We discourage it for the male. And that socialization goes on 9, 10, 15 then you have two 18-year-olds trying to hang out together and one's emotional. One doesn't even know how to express it. So we've got to be very cognizant of how we socialize our youth in our society. So you have thought about suicide. You have considered suicide. You have to be able to be vulnerable and admit that and tell the person next to you, hey, if you're struggling, let's talk because I've been there. I know what it feels like. I may be there right now. Let's talk. I have my own life coach. I'm a psychologist and I have my coach who coaches me. Because I'm not always straight. I'm not always good. I need to be able to say to somebody, hey, I need some help. I need some direction. But that is strength. For those of you people that think admitting you need help is a weakness, you're 100% wrong. It's strength. It's strength to say you need help. Because in the end, people, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. We're all part of each other. We're all part of the moral fabric, the emotional fabric, the psychological fabric in our society. There's someone in Palo Alto, California right now that's struggling their ass off. There's someone in the Bronx in New York, Fort Lauderdale, Plantation Acres, Fort Lauderdale, struggling their ass off all over this society. But see, we live in our own little bubble, and we think the world is right here. It's not. We're all in this together. And schools, families, businesses, organizations, teams, we've got to band together and be more proactive about what suicide is, what it represents. 
because it's like dropping a pebble in a pond. Those rings get bigger and bigger. And I can tell you that even the direct suicides I've been around recently, it's tragic. Because when I meet my friends for coffee, whether it was two days ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, there's still an emptiness, a lacking inside. So I want to finish today with just saying this. Please, please make it normal. Please make it normal to talk about challenging topics like this. They're not difficult. They're difficult only if we say they're difficult. They're challenging. But be willing to go there. Be willing to go there. You're going to do your child a world of good in the long run when you teach him emotionality is normal. And I'll repeat the words to the song. If I would have known, if I would have known, this would be the last time that I would see you. I would make these moments last a little longer. I love you, trust you, and believe in you. Please join us again here at Brain Foreplay, where you get your checkup from the neck up. Don't forget to join us next week. Same place, same time. To get your checkup from the neck up. Fortified by Foreplay. That's brain foreplay and please remember to subscribe to this channel wherever you get your podcast